All right. You know, I don't know about you, but um, this time of year has mixed emotions at times, right? For some people, this time of year is the, is the best time of year, Christmas, right? People just look forward to it so much, and they just love it, and, and some people are, are married to people that are slightly um, Christmas crazy, uh, slightly have a bend towards being a little bit psychotic towards Christmas. Um, I don't know anybody in this church like that, but, um, but some people are, and, um, and quality time at, at home for the past couple of weeks for me in the evenings has been watching Trinity put together her Christmas Lego for her display. As when I married her 29 years ago, that's what I thought. You know, I want to marry a woman that I can sit down with and do Lego together. Hey, that's what I wanted. Forget everything else. Forget intimacy and all that sort of stuff. I just want to do Lego with, with the woman I love. And uh, so <laughs> it's been interesting. Um, but for others, it's a really, really difficult time of year. Some of you have lost loved ones this year or maybe last year. And so it's, it's a difficult time of year. It's a difficult time of year. Some of you have changed jobs during the year, and maybe the finances aren't the way that we're. Some of you have started companies, and, and maybe you know, it's, it's a bit and fits and starts about how much income is coming in, and, and so it comes to this time of year, and it can be rather stressful, and things can get a little bit crazy this time of year for people, and instead of it being a time of, of peace, instead of it being a time of joy, it can become a time of anxiety. It become a time of, of, of fear, Financial pressure at this time of year on people is huge, right? And, um, and then there's the family get-togethers, which end up looking like something from Dr. Phil by the end of the day. You know, am, I, am I the only one like that? You know, that auntie that everybody forgets to invite to Christmas, but they don't actually forget, they just don't want her to be there. Does anybody, don't leave me hanging I know that some of you have got relatives you don't want anywhere near your house on Christmas Day, right? Um, we all have that. And, and so rather than it being a Merry Christmas, it ends up being a Dr. Phil session and, and, and all this sort of stuff. And so you have this anxiety. You have this stuff. Instead of it being this joyful, peaceful occasion, we start to get a little bit of stress. And Isaiah 9.6 is a prophetic word of Christ coming. And it says this. It says, for unto us, a child is born. This is the, the scripture of, of this two-week series. And unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I love it that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace, but if we look around the world today, we don't see a lot of peace. We don't see peace in people's lives. We don't see peace in different parts of the world, but yet Jesus is the Prince of Peace. But yet his beginning wasn't very peaceful at all. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 to 14, it says this, but the angel said to them, that's the shepherds, he said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven 
and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, yet when we look at Jesus' birth, it's anything but peaceful, right? I mean, even just the conception of Jesus. Mary going around at 14 years of age telling people that she's pregnant, but not by Joseph, the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. My daughter isn't 14 anymore. She's 23. But I'm pretty sure if she came home at 14 years old and go, Dad, I'm pregnant, but it's God that's impregnated me. I'm pretty sure my response wouldn't be, praise the Lord, hallelujah. It'll be like, seriously? That's, that's what you've come up with? Like, you imagine going around and explaining that to people. Just think about that for a moment. I mean, some of you have had, uh, my parents didn't plan me and I came along. Maybe that's hard enough to, to explain, but here's Mary, 14 years of age, going around having to tell people, uh, I'm impregnated by God. I'm, I'm having God's child. It's like, what is going on? Like, it's just, that's just crazy, right? That's just insane. And then, and then all of a sudden, she's then got to ride on a donkey, nine months pregnant for miles on end. Is there any woman here that's ever been pregnant at nine months? It's like, I know what I want to do. I would like to ride a donkey bareback for a few miles. Any, anyone like that? No, no one? Um, how many of you as, you, as you kind of dreamt about the whole birthing process of your child, thought, you know what I want to do? I would like to be surrounded by cattle and sheep, and I love the smell of poo in the room as I'm giving birth. No, nobody, nobody's into that? Like you don't, you don't have a scented candle that smells like manger when, whenever you have a child? No, nobody's like that? Um, can I also say there was no drugs, no epidural, no gas, just, she's a real woman, right? I'm, oh, oh, I felt that shift. <laughs> Ends up in a cave. I mean, we say a stable, but it wasn't a stable, it was a cave. It was a cave that they used to put the, ends up in this cave, no drugs, the stench of poo everywhere. Like, it's just, this is insane. And into all of that insanity comes the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace is born. Then King Herod finds out that, that the Messiah has been born, and he feels threatened by that. So he goes, I know what I'll do. I'll go out through in the entire land, and any child, two or younger, I'm going to murder them. Because I feel threatened that another king has been born. How many people know that that doesn't seem like Prince of Peace has come. It sounds like the Prince of Chaos has come. The Prince of Pain has come. It doesn't seem very peaceful. In fact, what part of that whole process seems peaceful? So how do we, how do we make sense of this whole idea that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? Because people... Most people are just completely stressed out. There's no peace. There's anxiety. There's tension in marriages. There's tension in families. There's tension in workplaces. There's tension everywhere. You know, you go into a car park these days, and it's just like car park rage, right? You know, like it's just insane what is going on. And so where is the Prince of Peace in all of that? Where's the Prince of Peace in that? I mean, my question to you would be this, is 
has Jesus actually failed as the Prince of Peace? Has he failed? Because there's not a lot of peace. Now the question is this, is if you're like, man, there's not a lot of peace going on in my life, and I'm pretty sure that maybe he's failed as the Prince of Peace in my life, I would suggest to you that peace really ultimately comes down to how you define peace. What you define peace to be. Are you with me? I always thought that peace would calm my anxiety or calm me when I'm disturbed. But the Prince of Peace is about a whole heap more than just that. It's about a whole lot more than just calming you in the midst of your stress and your pressure. In fact, the the Hebrew word for prince is the word shah. Uh, Shah means this, it means, uh, or sah, sorry, it means one who is in charge, the captain, the lord, the chief, the general. Like it, it means, shah means he is in charge. He's the boss, he's the captain. He's the the chief, he's the one in charge. And the word in Hebrew for peace is shalom, which means rest. But it's not like a 20-minute nana nap. It's, It's like rest. It's tranquility. It's wholeness. It's completeness. So in other words, when he says that Jesus is the prince of peace, the Bible is saying that Jesus is the captain of rest. He's the Lord of tranquility. He's the chief of contentment. That's what they're saying. It's not just there's a peaceful moment, but but he's the prince of peace. In other words, everywhere he goes, it's tranquil, it's peaceful, it's calm. And I would suggest to you that you can experience this in your life as long as you are under the lordship of Christ, you can have his peace. I think when we step out from under his lordship is when we don't have peace. When we step out and we try to take control of our lives or we step out and we try to resolve things, I think we step out from under his covering and then all of a sudden we don't experience his peace. But then we complain to him that he's not doing what he's meant to do, but he is doing what he meant to do. It's just that you've shifted from under his lordship. As long as we're under Christ, we can have peace. But does that mean that we can do whatever we want and still have peace? Of course not. You can't do whatever you want and still have peace. Yeah? Are you hearing me? It's only under the lordship of Sar Shalom that we can experience peace. And it's a peace, the Bible says, that people can't understand. People can't get it. Because they look at your life and they go, no, oh, your life is peaceful. They look at your life and they go, your life is mental, but somehow you're peaceful. In Philippians chapter four, it says this, it says, be anxious for nothing. What's nothing? Nothing. It's the Hebrew word, means nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, in other words, it doesn't make sense, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. 
I love that 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 kind of peace guards your heart and it guards your mind. It's it's not just a peace that comes and gives you calmness in a moment, but it actually guards your heart and mind from anxiety. It guards your heart and mind from the craziness. It guards your heart and mind from the anxiousness. It guards your heart and mind from the tension and the contentiousness possibly in a family. It not only brings you peace, but it guards your heart and mind from getting carried away into all sorts of narratives that we make up in our minds about what's going on around us. I don't know about you, but my biggest problem is, is this thing here gets carried away on me. Does anybody else have that? You, you don't have that. It's just me. Um, I just might preach to myself this morning. You can go home now if you like. Um, but this thing of mine, it creates things. It creates narratives and stories that don't exist. And I need the Prince of Peace to guard my heart and my mind so that I can live in peace. Because that's all anxiety is. It's your brain making up stuff that's not true. Notice that it doesn't say that the situation will disappear or that it'll come right and God will work everything out. It doesn't say that. It just says that in the middle of the craziness and tough time that the peace of God will come. And I want you to hear this. And guard your heart, the issues of life. Bible says that out of your heart flows the issues of life. It'll guard your issues of life and it'll guard your mind. What's your mind? Your decision making. The peace of God will come in the middle of your craziness and guard the issues of your life and guard your decision-making process so that you can make decisions in peace and not anxiety, that you can flow into different issues in your life in peace and not in fear. I don't know about you, but I need a Prince of Peace that guards my decision-making and the issues of my heart, yeah? I need it. We all need it. The Shah Shalom will give you peace. But here's the other thing about the Sar Shalom. He can give you peace, but he can also remove your peace. Because he's the prince of peace, which means that he's in charge of peace. And you're like, Craig, why, why would he remove my peace? Like, is he sadistic? Why would he remove my peace? I think sometimes God removes our peace because he's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get our attention because he's trying to do something in our lives. And if you have walked away from him or left him and started to go off in your own way, trying to do things your own way, I think God withdraws his peace because he wants to get your attention and he wants to bring you back to him, back to the peace. And so sometimes he withdraws his peace so that it will draw you back into right relationship and with him and back into peace. It is more than having an easy feeling. It's, it's a completeness. It's a wholeness. It's tranquility. It's rest. It means that you can be in a crazy season and still be at rest. Jesus is the Sar Shalom. He is the peace that comforts you. Jesus wants to bring us comfort in this season. God wants to bring as comfort every single day of our lives. God is all about bringing peace to our world. In John 14, verse 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus 
speaking to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you, let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He's saying, hey, this peace, my peace, I leave with you. You don't need your heart to be troubled. You don't need to be afraid. It's not peace like the world would tell you is peace. The world would tell you you need to jump on a plane and fly to some isolated island somewhere and lie in the sun all day and swim at the beach. Not that that's a bad thing, and that's peace, but that's not what Jesus is teaching. He's saying, this peace I leave with you, he says, my peace, I give it to you. So here's my question. When we're trying to find peace in a crazy season, my question is this, whose peace is it? You see, it's not my peace. He said, he said, he said, my peace I'll give to you. Some of the problem is, is that we try to find peace for ourselves instead of taking his peace. So we're trying to find peace for our own lives, through our own efforts and our own works, but he's saying, my peace I leave with you. That's why it's so important to be under his lordship so that it's his peace that is operating in our life. It's his peace that's happening, not your peace. If you've been in the church long enough and known me long enough, you, you'd understand that I am DIY challenged. I have a I have a special need when it comes to DIY. Some of you are laughing about that. So some of you guys are like DIY legends. You know, I built my own pizza oven. Ooh. You know, like somehow it makes you a real man. You know, like that ad on TV. You know, the Mighty 10 ad where it says, don't be this guy that pays someone to build their deck. Go down to Mighty 10 and learn it. Watch videos and build the deck yourself. Be that kind of guy. I'm like, no, no, be the guy that pays the guy to do your deck and you can go and play golf while he's building your deck. Sounds like a great idea to me. I don't want to give up my weekends building decks. But anyway, um, I am DIY challenged. And, and, and when we were living in Manorewa, I wanted to put a fence in the, the, where the house we had didn't have a front fence. And I wanted a fence because that's how you keep your children from running out onto the road. And, um, but I had no idea how to build a fence. And so I watched videos and I watched YouTube stuff, but my anxiety levels were going through the roof because I am not DIY orientated. So what I did is I talked to my friend, Paul Miller. He's a builder. And Paul goes, no problem, man. I'll come around one Saturday. We'll smash it out in a day. All of a sudden, my anxiety levels just went all the way down to no anxiety whatsoever. Why? Because they had Paul with me. Paul the builder. Paul comes in. And, and I'm like, what do I do? He goes, dig a hole here. What do I use to do that? Use this post hole borer. Okay. So, and he brought one that's a, a, that was a petrol one, so I didn't have to do it the hard way. Just, that's, that's my kind of way of doing things. And then he's like, now we're going to put the post in. He hits a post in, and, and then he's got the leveler, and he's getting it all worked out, and, and, and then we're banging things in to hold it in place, and then he pours the concrete in and mixes it around. And, and I'm just watching all this kind of happening, pretending like I'm kind of helping. You know, I felt like I was a nurse in a, in a surgical unit where he's like, hammer, chisel, you know, circular saw. You know, that's, that was my, that's basically all I did. And I was at peace 
the whole time we built the fence because Paul was with me. Paul the builder. I didn't need to have any fear or any anxiety or any worry because Paul was with me. I was going to be okay, not because I knew what was going on, but because Paul knew what was going on. Paul knew what he was doing, and that gives me peace. And here's the thing. When we are under Christ, he gives us peace. It's not our peace. It's his peace, and he gives it to you. But when we're far away from him, we don't have access to him, and so therefore we can't have access to his peace. And that's why we've got to be close to him, because just like I was close to Paul as we built a fence, and I had complete peace that the fence was going to be built well and strong and whatever, because I was with Paul, when we are close to Jesus, we have peace because he is the Prince of Peace, and it's not about my peace, and it's not about my ability, and it's not whether I can build a fence or not, because Paul can build the fence. It's not about whether I can get my life under control or not, because God gets my life under control. It's not about whether I can get my marriage sorted out or not, because God will step in and sort my marriage out. It's not about me trying to work out my finances. It's about me being close enough to the Prince of Peace that I can have his peace in the situation no matter how crazy it looks because he's with me. And because he's with me, I have peace because he's the prince of peace and he knows what he's doing. He knows how to build the fence, but we have to be under his lordship. And if we're trying to work it out ourselves, we'll end up putting a whole lot of energy into trying to get some peace. And the problem is, is you'll never have peace because the peace that you're looking for does not get worked out for your own efforts. The peace that you're looking for only comes from Shah Shalom. It only comes from being connected to Shah Shalom, to being close to him. And so you can try and work things out. You can try and find peace. But in fact, I've learned this. The more I try to work things out to get peace, the more anxiety I end up with. Well, Craig, that sounds easy, but it's not that easy. I would agree with you. It's not easy because it means that I've got to come under his lordship. It means that I've got to trust him and I've got to let go of being a control freak and trust that the God that does good things, every good thing that comes from him, that the God who loves me, that the God who died for me, that the one who forgave me of all my sins, that every good thing that I have in my life is from him, the God that believes for the best and does the best for my life, I have to trust him to do things and then when I put my trust in him, then I experience sa shalom, the peace that I'm looking for, trying to cope outside of sa shalom means that you'll never have peace. You'll only have anxiety. Why? Because as Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of who? Of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, your issues of life, and your mind, your decision-making.
You see, when we decide to come under God and present our requests to God, and we let it go and we trust Him, then the Bible says, then His peace comes. He will send His peace into your life if you will present your anxiety as requests before Him. Sometimes we don't really know how good God is until we realize how hard life is. Sometimes we don't realize how good God is to us until we start to see how hard life is for some other people who don't know Him. I want to encourage you this morning, don't go through the season trying to find peace for yourself, but let's be people that are anxious for nothing and we bring our prayers and supplication with thanksgiving our hearts towards Him and then His peace comes, guards our hearts, guards our minds. Jesus is the Sar Shalom, the peace that comforts you. Jesus is the Sar Shalom, the, the peace that saves you. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, not through our efforts, not through our works, but through our faith, we have peace with God through Jesus. Through our faith, we have peace with God through Jesus. We don't have peace with God because we're out there trying to do our own good, because we're out there trying to sort things, we're out there doing good works. We don't have peace because of that. We have peace with God through Sa Shalom, our Lord Jesus Christ, the captain of tranquility, the captain of rest. I don't know if you have peace with God. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like you have peace at all with God. Maybe you feel like you and God are at loggerheads together at the moment. Perhaps, maybe perhaps God has removed his peace from you and he's trying to draw you back to him. He's trying to get your attention. And this is why, friend, Christmas is so important because in John 3, 16 to 17, one of the most famous scriptures in all of the Bible as the band comes, um, it says this, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, the Sar Shalom, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life, zoe life is the actual word. Zoe is the word that they use for the life of God. It's a God kind of life. It's, it's not once you've died, eternal life doesn't happen once you've carked it and you're in the ground. Eternal life happens the moment you give your life to Christ. Eternal life is here and now and then. It's right in this moment. You have eternal life. It's, it's not once you die, you live forever. You're living forever now because you're giving your life to the Sar Shalom. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to beat you up, to punish you, to hit you over the head whenever you make, do something wrong or make a mistake. No, 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 no. He came to save the world through Him. He came to save the world through Jesus. He came to save the world through the Sar Shalom. He came to save the world through the Prince of Peace. He came to save the world through the Captain of Rest, through the Chief of Tranquility. He came to save us through peace, not through our own efforts, not through anxiety, not through frustration, not through battling through life, but He came to save us through the Prince 
of peace. Because when we give our lives to Christ and we come under His Lordship and we sense and feel His cleansing blood that cleanses away all sin and sets us free from all the sin of our lives, there's a peace that comes into our lives and it's not our peace. It's His peace. It's His peace. And even though our world might still be crazy, and even though we might still have crazy things going around us, the moment we give our lives to Christ, there's a, there's a tranquility, there's a rest, there's a peace that comes to our lives. Because He saves us through the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. He takes away our sin and He gives us peace. Because every single one of us from birth are a sinner. We have a sin nature. And so God sent His Son, the perfect sacrifice, so that we who were sinners could come to under Him, that we could come under the Sar Shalom and have His peace, the same way as we have His righteousness, the same way as we have His love, that He wants to bring peace. And in His peace, there's nothing that we can do in the midst of that. It's all about Him. It's all about coming under Him. Ephesians 2, 13 to 14 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you were once far away, but you have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace. He Himself is is our peace. I want you to understand something this morning. Peace is not circumstantial. Peace is not circumstantial. Peace is a person and his name is Jesus. It's not circumstantial, it's a person. It's Jesus, the Prince of Peace. The Sar Shalom. And when we are close to Him, when we are under His Lordship, when we are in close proximity to Him and we're in right relationship with Him, we have peace. We have peace. Because the peace is not based on the circumstance. The peace is based on Him. And when we are in Him, under His Lordship, we can have peace in the craziest of circumstances. We can have peace in the middle of the storm. We can have peace. That's why Jesus was able to sleep in the bottom of the boat while they were going through the biggest storm of their lives. And the fishermen thought they were going to die. But Jesus is sleeping. Why? Because you can have peace in the middle of storms. And notice the first thing He said when He got up. When they said to him, Jesus, you don't, you don't care about us. You just want us to die. You're sleeping in the boat. You just want us to die. And what did he say? Did he say, wind and waves be still? No, no, Jesus said this, peace be still. Why? Because he wasn't speaking to the wind and the waves. He's speaking to them. He was speaking to their hearts. He was speaking to their minds. And he was saying, peace be still. Anxiety stop, fear stop, peace be still. See, God wants to still the storm in you before He stills the storm around you. And you can have the Prince of Peace calm the storm within you so that you can walk out through the storms around you with peace in your life because He is 
Messiah. Shalom. He's the one who brings the rest, the tranquility, and the completeness to your life. But he wants to calm the storm in you before he calms the storm around you. And I don't know about you today, but outside of him, I have nothing. But inside of him, I have everything. I have everything I need. I have the peace. I have the forgiveness. I have the salvation. I have everything I need. I have Almighty God. I have everything that I need when I am in Him. And so I want to I want to challenge you today. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I, I got a storm raging on the inside of me. And I need Jesus to speak to me today and say, peace, be still. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I, I realize now I've been out over here trying to create peace for myself but I've actually got out from under His Lordship. And so I just want to come back under His Lordship and let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard my heart and guard my mind, guard the issues of my life and guard my decision-making process. Or maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to God. You've never, you've never asked Him to come and be your Lord and Savior. You've never asked Him to take away your sin. I want, I want to tell you this morning that the Sar Shalom is here for you. The Prince of Peace is here for you. He, he wants to take away the sin from your life. He doesn't want to punish you. He wants to take it away, and He wants to give you forgiveness this morning. That's why He came, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. He's come to do that. He, he is the God who wants to take away the sin and give you peace. That's what He does. That's who He is. And so why don't we just all close our eyes just for a moment across this place. And if you're here today, and we don't want to embarrass anyone, but if you're here today and you're like, man, I, 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 I need to give my life to God. Or maybe you've been away from Him and you're like, man, I need to return to Him in this season because I, I've just realized this morning that the reason why my life is going crazy is I've stepped away from the Prince of Peace and I want to come back into relationship with God. I want to come back to Him or I want to give my life to Christ for the first time. I want to exchange my sin for His peace in this season. If you're here this morning, you're like, I'm just going to ask you in a moment to lift your hand. Nobody's going to be looking around. It's all we're going to do is just ask you to lift your hand. I'm not going to pull you out of your seat. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand and then I'm going to pray for you. That's all we're going to do this morning because all that Jesus needs to see is an acknowledgement that you want Him as your Lord and Savior or an acknowledgement that you want to return to Him. See, when somebody's drowning in the ocean, they put up their hand and, and then the rescuer comes and rescues them. They don't have to yell out and ask to be rescued. They just put their hand up and the rescuer comes and Jesus wants to come to you. All you've got to do is just put up your hand this morning and say, I want you to come Prince of Peace. If you're here this morning, you've been away from Him, or you want to give your life to Him for the very first time, and, and the count of three, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand, and when I see it, I'll ask you to put it down. Is anybody here this morning? One, two, three. If you're here, just chuck up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Is anybody else here this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is anybody else here? Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Last chance. You want to, we want to do that this morning. Why don't we all stand to our feet? We're going to pray for those that lifted their hands. Everyone up onto your feet. If you lifted your hand this morning, we're going to pray for you, but I would also encourage you to fill out the Live Connected card in the seat pocket in front of you. 
what we're going to do is we're just going to send you an email that just says, hey, great decision you've made. This will be the next step for you. And, um, and you know, if you want help, we'll help you walk the journey. If you want to be left alone, we'll leave you alone. It's your choice. It's your journey. It's your way that you walk with God. But, hey, church, why don't we pray for all those? There's about six hands that lifted, uh, six people that lifted their hands this morning, which means that there's a party in heaven. So let's just have a little bit of a party in here while we pray for them. So, church, you need to be praying. Come on. This is life and death scenario for people this morning. Father, we thank you for those that lifted their hands this morning. Father, I pray that you would come right now and you would exchange their sin for your forgiveness, that you would come right now and the pre- the Prince of Peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding would come upon them, that you would set them free from the bondage of sin, you'd set them free from the things that have been controlling them or gripping them or pulling them back in, and that they would leave today with a sense of the Prince of Peace is in charge in their lives. And even though the circumstances may not change around them, you're calming the storm within them. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning, one last people I want to pray for, just keep your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you're like, man, I need the Prince of Peace in my life right now. My life is just going pretty chaotic right now. There's a whole, you know, there's a bunch of people in our church that are going through all sorts of things right now. There's one family in our church that, that, that um, the, uh, the, the dad part, uh, not, it's a family in our church whose parent passed away just a couple of weeks ago and that, this week, their daughter's got to go in for major surgery, and there's just all sorts of stuff going on. It's 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 easy to think that this is just a great season if if we're having a great, but there's all sorts of stuff going on in people's lives. I know for me, this is my second Christmas without my dad, and so that's playing on my mind a little bit. And so everybody has stuff going on. You're here this morning. You're like, man, I feel like my head is just getting out of control. My heart's getting out. I, I want I want the Prince of Peace. I want the principle. I've been trying to work it. I give up. I'm going to hand it over to God. I'm going to trust Him so that the peace of God. If you're here this morning, man, I need the peace of God to come. Why don't you lift your hand right now? If you need the peace of God to come, if you're going to say, man, I'm going to quit trying to do it myself, I'm going to let the peace of God come. Father, for every hand that you see lifted right now, I pray that you would, um, that you would come and bring your peace into their lives, that you would come and bring this absolute sense of your presence. Right now, God, I pray that as they surrender the situations to you, as they come and they and they give through prayer and supplication their anxieties, their fears, their concerns to you, Father, I pray that the peace of God would come upon their lives that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's sing O Holy Night to Him today. I want you to lift your hands and worship Him. This is not a